The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lectures, part of the Poke Science Podcast. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night. Now, on today's episode, not going to sugarcoat it, it's going to be a bummer. The fun kind of bummer where you learn stuff, but still, it's going to be a little bleak, going to be a little depressing. Like Charmander in the original Pokemon season, left out in the rain to die, depressing. This episode, we are going to be focusing on extinction. Now, the reason I picked this topic to talk about is because of the recent announcement of the Arceus Legend Pokemon that are only found in that region. Now, the reason I thought it was important to bring this up was because I've had a few spirited debates about this, about certain Pokemon that were introduced. In this trailer, we saw not one, not two, but four new Pokemon that are going to be added into the game, or two regional variants and two new Pokemon if you want to be technical about it. But if they're existing in an old version of the Sinnoh region, called the Hisui region, why are they not around in Sinnoh anymore? Wouldn't that imply that they either left or were wiped out? Are they not, like, extinct, if not, you know, completely than regionally? People got into really passionate discussions about, like, no, 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 they can't have gone extinct because of A, B, and C. And I I wanted to give my thoughts on the matter. I wanted to actually explain why I think that they're extinct. And while I'm at it, we'll discuss extinction as a whole. Some of the most notable extinctions in Earth history, some of the most common ways extinction occurs. And we'll then go back to the Pokemon and we'll talk about how they specifically might have gone extinct. Now, obviously, there are going to be more than just the four Pokemon added. Pokemon has this lovely ability to tantalize our palates, to try to warm us up to the good stuff. But for now, we only have the four. So if you're hearing this in the far future, cut me some slack. So let's start by defining extinction. What is an extinction? The definition of an extinction is a termination of any organism or group of kinds. Extinction is inherently scary because it's literally a bunch of things dying, but it's a natural process. It has been happening since the first single-celled organisms just couldn't mate and reproduce fast enough. Some scientists have estimated that of all the species on Earth that have ever lived, 99%, if not more than 99% of them, have gone extinct. According to the Conservation of Wildlife Populations by Scott Mills, the average shelf life for any given organism is somewhere around 1 to 10 million years. That's when they start out to when they go extinct. Now, keep in mind, these numbers can range wildly. There are some organisms that will come and go very quickly in a million-year span. Yes, that is considered quick. But then you'll have the horseshoe crab who's been rocking around with its 10 weird feet and its weird shelled back for 450 million years. Again, that that average is kind of piled up with super highs and super lows. At the most basic level, an extinction occurs when a specific organism cannot survive long enough to produce healthy offspring. Each extinction has different variables. It's sometimes considered that each extinction 
is its own individual event worth studying. It's not one issue that affects a bunch of species. It's little things that affect every species just a little bit different. A little bit of the climate changing, a little bit of a meteor hitting, a little bit of a new predator moving into the area. These small changes can have drastic consequences. In some cases, it's going to be something like a background extinction where the animals just disappear over time. You don't really notice it in nature. It's not going to really affect anything. But then you'll have things like mass extinctions. And that's what we're going to talk about next because there have been five going on six mass extinctions in Earth's history. And I think it's really fun to talk about those because it's important that people realize there was more than just the extinction that wiped out the dinos. We'll get to that. Now, before we get further into extinction, um, mass extinction has a very specific definition. For a mass extinction to occur, three-fourths of life on the planet or more has to die out in a geologically short amount of time. Now, when I say short, I want you to just guess what I mean by a short amount of time. Just I'll give you a second. Think of it. Yeah, three million years. If three-fourths of all the animals on the planet, all the plants, all the fungi, three-fourths of all species die in that three million or less period, then it's considered a mass extinction. And like I said, we had about five of them. So I'm going to try to pronounce these, and you are going to forgive me as I mess them up. The first one that we have recorded is the Ordovician extinction. 445 million years ago, a suspected fluctuation in sea levels due to continental drift occurred. And this was occurring over millions of years. The sea levels were inconsistently rising and falling in certain areas. And this destroyed habitats and many marine vertebrates, uh, many species of coral, brachiopods, trilobites, bivalves. Basically, anything without a spine and a hard shell got dusted. It was a pretty rough time. But the horseshoe crab was around around that time and he made it out. Next, we have the late Devonian period. Yeah, I got that right. Sweet. Uh, 375 million years ago and had a bunch of combinations into what made this mass extinction. Now, uh, the most discussed is um, usually the increase of plant life. So when you have a bunch of plants living on the surface now, this is going to change the amount of oxygen that is available out on the planet. Uh, that change in environment has many different effects in such a way that other organisms just couldn't adapt fast enough to this increased amount of oxygen as well as this new competition in terms of this new organism that absorbs sunlight and can reproduce so well. Uh, marine vertebrates also took a really big hit from this one because it involved amounts of climate change. And <laughs> I'll be honest, it was coral, like coral reefs and stuff, almost completely wiped out. Every single coral we have today is a fraction of what we had in the past. We also lost the placoderms. If you think you don't know what a placoderm is, look at the top part of Dracovish. That was a Dunkylostis. That was a placoderm. We lost him. Rest in peace, buddy. Hopefully we find your other half so we can make you a better fossil Pokemon. Uh, next up is the Permian-Triassic extinction. This one happened 252 million years ago, and it's called the Great Dying. Yikes. So this exterminated 95% of all marine life and 70% of terrestrial life was wiped out too. Let that sink in. There was a time where 95% of everything living in the ocean and 70% of everything living on land died. This was when the trilobites finally bit the dust. This was the last straw before they were completely wiped off the face of the earth. Now, the suspected culprit of such a massive shift was 
climate change over millions of years. And that's some sort of sudden catastrophe that was combined with that. We haven't quite nailed down what the catastrophe was. Could have been an asteroid, volcanic eruption, uh, greenhouse gases bursting from the seafloor. All we know is that it was so bad, it took 10 million years to recover from something that devastating. Now, I still can't get my head around that. 95% of everything in the ocean, just gone. That, as someone who lives by the sea for his entire life, is terrifying. Although the sharks did survive that, and the corals and everything else we know in the ocean survived that. So, just goes to show you how far that 5% really went after a few hundred million years. Now, the next one, Triassic-Jurassic Extinction. 201 million years ago. This happened right when uh, Pangaea, the supercontinent, was starting to split up. Uh, no solid leads on what caused this one, but we do know that it caused a die-off of about eh, a third of marine life, as well as most of the large amphibians. So whenever you think of like a frog or a toad, you think super tiny, and whenever you think of giant amphibians, you might think of like salamanders and stuff. Now, nah, imagine an amphibian the size of a horse. Or just as long. The, these were some massive amphibious creatures that sadly died off from this one. All we have are the wee bitty ones now. Now, the fifth mass extinction is the one you all know. Uh, the Cretaceous-Paleogene extinction. 65 million years ago, you know this song and dance. This is what wiped out the dinosaurs, the pterosaurs, early mammals, and disrupted a bunch of life in the sea. Signs point to an asteroid striking the Earth near the Yucatan, setting off a chain of events that wiped out all the big dinos and a bunch of their neighbors. This is the one we are most familiar with because it's the one that happened the earliest. So when you were starting to dig and look for evidence of this, this was kind of the first one you kind of come across when you realize that all these dinosaurs at a certain point just all died. It's fascinating stuff. Now, I did mention... Maybe we went through one, two, three, four... Okay, so this is the sixth mass extinction and this is the one that people believe is going on right now it's called the holocene extinction uh what we are going through right now is what we can't really call anything else but an extinction over the last 10,000 years human movement across the planet has led to vast numbers of animals going extinct for numerous reasons keep in mind this isn't something that's relatively new this isn't like oh this only happened when people started you know supporting like capitalist endeavors or socialist endeavors it's connected to politics or economy no 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 this is connected to just being human when humans are spreading across the planet we change the environment we go through that's just what we do humans are very very good at surviving because we can change an environment to fit our needs we don't really care what happens to other animals around us. That is something very, very recent to realize the damage we can do. Now, how do animals go extinct on a more, you know, specific level? Well, that's a lot of fun things to talk about here, too. So anything that stops a group of animals from producing healthy babies is a cause for extinction. And there are specific ones here and there, and some of them happen naturally, and others happen more with human help. So the most common one is going to be a loss in your gene pool. If you have a small population, there is less genetic material to work with, and you have a much bigger chance of an event killing you off. Uh, if you only live on a small island, and that island is an active volcano, it goes off, you die. If you are separated from the rest of your species by an earthquake and trapped in a canyon, you die. This happened uh, at some point before human encountered them uh, to the cheetahs. Cheetahs went through what's called a bottleneck event. So they, even without our interference, are slowly going extinct. Let that keep you up at night. That no matter what you do and how hard you try, there's a pretty high chance that the cheetah's going extinct. 
in part because they're just so specialized, but mostly the fact that there's just not as many of them in a close enough space for them to produce healthy offspring. A lot of inbreeding, which can cause a lot of damage. Now, the other one that's a really big thing is destruction of habitat, which, yeah, humans, super responsible for. But give Mother Nature some credit. If there's a particularly bad string of climate events, if there's a particularly nasty winter like a mini ice age, if there's a series of storms from a new changing current, an asteroid, any number of natural disasters can completely block off or change an ecosystem. Granted, humans do it way better than nature ever did, but nature has still done it over time. A species needs a proper habitat to survive, and if the species can't live anywhere else, then you're going to probably be on the way out. If you are specifically inclined to one tree, if you specifically grow in one patch of dirt, you are probably not going to make it. Again, human activity, super bad. But again, give Mother Nature some credit. There are plenty of species that got knocked out because some random mudslide or some volcano wiped off everything they needed to live. Now, the other one, this one is, again, more on the human side, but it's happened before, is when a new species comes along and messes up with the established food web. Now, nature is never static. There are constantly things that are changing, and how you respond to those changes dictates how successful of a species you are. But if humans go around introducing random animals into random ecosystems like cats or weasels or frogs and toads to random places that shouldn't have them, this can cause a disaster. And we even see this in Pokemon. Yangoose in the Alola region is a really good example, as is Alolan Rattatat. This is just a Pokemon from another region that got let loose, and they're just causing a whole mess of problems. There are chances where just an animal migrates to an area and starts living in that area and just decides to wipe an animal out because it's just better at competing. One of the common thoughts as to how the Megalodon went extinct was that the Megalodon got out-competed. The Megalodon is a 60-foot tube of meat, teeth, and a lot of power, but it is bulky. It is slow. If you've ever played a really nice fighting game, like something like Guilty Gear Strive, you'll see like, oh, I can play as Potemkin. He's big, strong, and terrifying. Yeah, if you're playing against someone who knows what they're doing and going faster than you, then sure, you can kill him in one hit, but you gotta hit him first. Things like dolphins are a lot faster. They are much more effective killers and eaters than a megalodon was. The fish evolved and got faster. So just being a new species that's a little bit faster, a little bit stronger, you're probably not going to be able to compete as well. And that's one of the reasons the megalodon died. Just too chunky to live. It's far too thick to catch its prey. Now, the other one, this one gets attributed to humans a whole bunch. But keep in mind, it also happens in nature too. Climate change. Now... While I say this, there are people who are going to go, yeah, that random Pokemon podcast is right. We're just going through natural climate change. It's important to understand we're going through a climate change event now that surpasses the other ones in terms of speed. This is not supposed to be a 200-year thing. This is supposed to be like over a million years or over tens of thousands of years that we see this increase or decrease in temperature, not, you know, a century and a half. Now, climate change can occur for a number of reasons, naturally, like I said, over time. But, like I said, it's going to take a whole bit of time. Now, that change in climate causes a lot of changes that people don't think about. Yes, it can get hotter, but it can also melt off the ice and expose new land and territory. It could go in the reverse where the climate change gets a whole lot colder and freezes up a lot of the available land. 
the change in the water temperature and the air temperature could change how certain currents flow, certain jet streams flow. So you could end up with a whole slew of issues you don't even think of that are way more impactful than just hot or cold. And these effects can have horrendous consequences to animals who can't move away fast enough, who are just not adapted to survive. And especially, I keep saying animals, and I really shouldn't because it concerns all species, but plants too. Plants and funguses, especially if it gets too cold, they migrate nowhere. They're just going to die off, which is really quite sad. The final thing that causes many extinctions, uh, hunting and illegal trafficking. That's us. That's totally on us. That's our thing. Uh, humans want stuff that looks cool, and we kind of hunt it until it's gone. I mean, I feel like when the first humans saw the saber-toothed cat's teeth, yeah, I think it was kind of over that species. We really wanted those teeth. There's a lot of money to be made in hunting, billions of dollars a year in terms of approaching. And it's the cost of unique life in nature. And don't think of it as something far off as in Africa or in Asia away from you. It happened to you real close. In America, we lost both the carrier pigeon and the Caribbean monk seal in the last 100 years. These were two amazingly common species in the area that were wiped out either as a pest or because they wanted seal oil. Turns out the blubber and stuff you can get from a seal is pretty darn valuable. So we've talked a little bit about all the real stuff. So let's go back to the Pokemon. How do I think these four new Pokemon went extinct? So let's talk about Hisui Growlithe first. Now this Pokemon could be considered a, a subspecies like the northern white rhino. Whereas the white rhinos in other areas are fine. The subspecies of the northern white rhino, there's like two left. Uh, while it may not appear in the region anymore, there are obviously Growlithe around the wild in other regions. So it's not a complete loss. We're just losing this specific variety. For this Pokemon, I think it was an introduction of new species that made it obsolete. Fire Rock Typing is a almost terrible typing unless you have a really broken ability. Colossal. If you can't handle the change, a new group of Pokemon introduced to the area is going to make things a lot more difficult. Think of all the people showing up and bringing all their Pokemon in. It could have also been domesticated to the point where they lost the rock typing. Kind of how you get things like Corgis and like Chihuahuas where it's like, oh, it's so big and strong. Let's breed it out. Let's start breeding them with normal Growlithe until we get rid of the rock part. That could have also been human handiwork. Now, Braviary got a new form, too. Braviary got to be a flying psychic, which is pretty neato. Uh, this new form also could be a subspecies, but nonetheless isn't found in Sinnoh no more. It is set to only come to the area in the winter, leaving me to think that its migration pattern has changed between Legends and Diamond and Pearl. So this probably happened due to climate change. It could be natural or unnatural. Now, you might be thinking, oh, Luke is playing devil's advocate, natural. No, think about it. Pokemon has legendaries who can literally spit and open up wormholes. They can literally wake up and melt the ice caps. It's not too far off to think that if a Groudon farted, it warmed up the planet enough. But climate change can reroute the trade winds and ocean currents. This could have led to Braviary either getting lost along the way and going extinct or ending up somewhere else over time. I think that's the most likely, but it is regionally extinct in the area. Is it alive somewhere else? I like to think so. Weirdeer is an entirely new Pokemon and an evolution of Stantler. An entirely unknown evolution. Fantastic stuff. But this Pokemon is regarded as a treasure to the Peach Bowl of the Hisui region due to its fur providing warmth. This Pokemon naturally shed large amounts of its hair and the locals use it to stay warm. Two things could have caused this Pokemon to go extinct. First, 
other Pokemon fur could have become much more accessible and they could have been less reliant on the beloved deer. Or they could have invented synthetic fibers. If you can capture deities inside of balls, I'm sure you can come up with a synthetic fur that you don't need to, you know, be nice to deer to get. The other, the most horrifying reason, is that people just hunted them to extinction. If you're having an increasing population boom that is slowly demanding and demanding and demanding more fur, you might start going to some drastic measures to get it. Eventually, that loss of respect could have led to the Stantlers just kind of stunting their growth as a survival mechanism to make sure that they wouldn't get hunted. Why would you hunt a normal Stantler if it's not going to provide you any fur? Uh, keep in mind... If there's anything south of uh, Diamond and Pearl, it's blocked by mountains. So there's really no way for this thing to escape. Now, the last one we have for now, uh, Basculegion, the evolved form of Basculin. This fish evolves when uh, what is it? the souls of Basculin that didn't make the trip are absorbed into it. That is metal. The more dead Basculin, then hypothetically, the stronger this thing is going to get. And that makes this a little bit tricky. Normally, you say if it goes extinct, then that means the Basque Legion, the more you kill, the stronger they get. They would reach a point where they're at legendary status. But since the Basque being off would make it more powerful, I think there might have been something else that caused the extinction. My thought process is there might have been a change in the river system. Either someone dammed it, or there was an earthquake that changed the course of the river, or it even drained a lake if it cracked in the right places. Uh, what if the harsh conditions of the river were reduced? What if the Basculin no longer were killing themselves over and over and over again and instead being able to survive much more effectively? What if there was a time where the Basculin no longer needed to jump up a waterfall if someone dynamited the waterfall away or just dammed it up so that way they were stuck at a dead-end lake? This also could have led to them not being able to breed properly because they're not at their respected breeding ground and that just stopped them from being around. Eventually, even the Basculegion has to breed, and if it can't do that, then it's just gone. Either way, it doesn't seem like it could have been all humans' fault. Uh, it just could have also been bad luck that all their friends were alive and no longer in the region due to a blocked-up stream. And that's all the ones we have for now. I personally think it's cool that we get to see quote-unquote ancient Pokemon, Pokemon that are no longer around. I can't wait to see what they do in battle. Can't wait to see what Growlithe evolves into. My money is on being not even an Arcanine. It's just something completely different, but we'll see once we get there. So I do want to thank you guys so much for listening. Again, this one is a bummer. This one is kind of depressing. And so the next time we do a Lucas lecture after our birthday special, I promise... It'll be a little more uplifting and a little bit nicer. Maybe we'll talk about endangered species, which is technically a little bit lighter than talking about a bunch of dead stuff. All right, so next week, we are going to have our birthday episode, our four-year birthday party, and you still have time to submit a Pokemon you want us to talk about. We have a big old list from all you fans who wanted us to talk about specific Pokemon. Some of you followed the rules and put one Pokemon down. Some of you didn't. You know who you are. We will be reading off and talking a little bit about each one. Nothing in-depth because we still want to do episodes, but this also gives us great ideas for future episodes to keep going with this thing. So please, if you would like to send something in, hopefully you're listening to this when it's Friday, Saturday, or Sunday when it's coming out because after the 20th, gotta close the list. On September 20th, on Monday, around midnight-ish Eastern Standard Time, I'm gonna shut her down so that way I can compile the list, make it manageable, and get it ready for us to record. On that note, thank you guys so much for listening. Please leave a review or a comment on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. 
We love hearing your feedback. Talk to us on Facebook or Twitter. I love it when you guys come on Twitter and ask us random science questions. It's hilarious. I absolutely adore it, so keep it up. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.